0: Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we don't let important topics languish on the vine as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 109th episode in the series, Not Another Monday.
1: This, of all episodes, was probably the episode I avoided the most on reruns because of the gravity of the situation. It made me just like it was just it was like scary to me you know like that idea in the situation that Martha tries to put Sophia in so but I I think re-watching it now it's like there's it's in it's an incredible episode and it's also as the Golden Girls does so well like filled with humor and lightness and like mentions about life and it's like again one of those other ones where i forget that like this is where mr sandman comes from (laughs) like this is the b story of this one and i just think it's it's really well put together
0: yeah i that was my big takeaway too i actually i think you you have mentioned um that this is like your the one that you avoid um and I think that that says a lot because I don't think you avoid many of these. Uh, no, or no, not in at general. all.
1: And I, I think it's it's a past tense for sure. It's more like right, the Lifetime yeah, yeah, yeah. type of thing. Not in my current scholarly state. <laughs> of course not. We had to watch
0: it. Um, but that, honestly, my big takeaway, I mean, I have some big conceptual takeaways as well, but uh, from reviewing my notes, I was surprised at how many funny lines are, that I took from here. Um, yeah. yeah, of course, there's the Mr. Sandman thing. Um, but there's a couple, like... Oh, as always, like there's a, a lot of jokes. Um, it's it's like they do such a good job of weaving this incredibly incredibly heavy topic with mm-hmm. these funny lines, and also even just like it's not a joke, but Sophia ordering a Manhattan at the bar. I was like, you know what's in that? It's like very strong. Draper doesn't well, even drink
1: those. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, this you know, it, it's better than a Harvey Wallbanger, especially if your friends. Sure. Do. Yeah. Um, but I think to your point about funny lines is like, you know, so in, in Jim Colucci's Bible, we, uh, Gail Parent, one of the producers was basically like, you know, she's like, there are not too many shows where you'd be able to portray comedy and tragedy at the same time, right? And that that's absolutely true. And I think that that's what's like really hilarious. Like, and even director Terry Hughes was talking about how like, this was such a heavy one to tackle, but like this show earned the right to go there. And I think that that's absolutely true. And then, you know, he goes on to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> like, how when they were doing the table read and like b comes in with a yes and everyone just <laughs> fucking lost their shit everybody fell apart and it was because that scene is such a great counterbalance to like the heaviness of the other topic and like the way that sophia delivers her speech oh my god like we'll get to that but um but i also think and i'm i'm kind of embarrassed that i didn't even think about this until the very end which is how the writers sort of intend to pull the threads together of the a and b story being death and life right and it's just really um it's just fascinating that like at least for me like you can see sophia's little chat you know with frank at the end of like being kind of dorky and a little like (laughs) ham-fisted but i actually think it works really well i think it works as like very touching i don't think they go too deep into it right like if it was a longer speech or like some other i don't know like proselytizing or something it could it could backfire but i really i just love how they approach uh you know assisted suicide and a birth of a baby yeah <laughs> That's like on the two sides of the coin
0: yeah, I, I agree. I do think the delivery is a little
1: it's a little much, but I think considering
0: schlocky. yeah, cons- <laughs> the Schmolls police. Um considering the gravity of the topic, I think it's it's okay. And I think it it's like also like Sophia's like really reeling from this. And like, you know, even though it turned out okay, like the emotional weight of what she's just gone through, I think is just it it kind of um I think you kind of have to let her sort of do whatever she needs to do to to get through it. And it feels very genuine, I guess, is also why I kind of like it doesn't bother me so much as though even though it's a little bit hokey, like it feels like where she would go and like like the only real way she can um, kind of address it. So and also, you know, Sophia doesn't like to be vulnerable. And so I think with a baby, it's like a low risk situation, like she can kind of present it in that way, you know.
1: Exactly. I think that makes total sense. But yeah, so so assisted suicide.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, let's talk about it. So I, uh, Death with Dignity is um, this like national advocacy organization, and they've been around since 1994, actually, uh, which I found a little bit surprising. Um, but basically, like, maybe you thought
1: they were older or? I they thought
0: they were... were more newer, actually. Interesting. Because um, okay. this is I mean, 1989 I of, like, right now. Yeah, so, things, so I guess if it's in the if it's for, in the yeah the topic of conversation. But I always think of like um Kavorkian, you know, and like how like what a like a villain he was. At least like from where I was and like my perspective, he was made out to be such a villain. Um and so oh, I guess I, I just imagine the death with dignity thing like started more recently. But anyway, so they're this like advocacy organizations and essentially like they I think they started in Oregon. Um which is one of the only states that has this, uh, uh, in place where you're, you're able to basically like elect to end your own life. And it's a way of, um, you know, people with terminal illness or like really, uh, old people to kind of like, I personally feel like it should be allowed. I don't have like a moral objection to it. I think also like we've mentioned many, many times how terrible medical in this country is and particularly for the elderly and life yeah we say like okay well you're in a lot of pain but you can live with it and like you know if you're somebody like martha for example and you're alone and you know it's gonna get worse and like Mm -hmm. i think martha is a little bit different because ultimately she's able to be convinced out of it which i think is um also sort of indicative of the perception of the issue at the time um but you know if you're really feeling like you want to end your life, like there's organizations, I guess, that, that really advocate for that. And I think it's a very, obviously, it's a super complicated topic because like, what if you're a young person with a terminal illness, like at what, you know, like who draws the line, but I don't know, it's interesting. I think it's worth doing some, some research on if, if this is a topic that interests you. Um, And just like the evolution of the movement, obviously, like what I think is, is um, worth noting is they're talking about it here, as you said, And so I imagine that this is also a conversation that like old people are having, you know, whether or not there's like a a national stage for it or like a quote unquote real advocacy organization for it at this point um, is one thing, but like there's no help for them and there's no fixing these problems. And so like this is probably how a lot of people are dealing with it is like going to a close friend and telling them that this is what they're going to do. And obviously like doing it in such a dangerous, not like advisable way. Um, And I, you know, like, obviously there's like the emotional component on Sophia, which I I think we'll get into. Um, And now we have like death doulas to kind of help with those situations. So I think this is an interesting uh, example of somewhere that we have like Really, really evolved in 30 years, yeah. where so yeah. many things on this, and particularly like political, social issues, like we are still running into the same problems. But um, this is kind of a shining example, I think, of like society moving forward in a significant way, um, which I think is is worth is, is notable. Um, that's not always the case.
1: Yeah. I, you know, what's funny, what comes up for me. Uh, Well, two things. One, I'd love to hear what Dr. Elizabeth Yuko thinks about this as our resident resident bioethicist because I'm sure she has thoughts. Um, But also... The, what where where you were talking about where we've evolved, I can think of so many types of these sort of like ethical conundrum analyses. Because I, I I think the argument against would be, to your point, someone like Martha who makes a rash decision and then actually is like, no, no, I actually want to take it back. And to Sophia's point, she's like, yeah, that's not how this works, dude. Right. <laughs> um, but I think it's like what 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 is, you know, again, recent topics for me is like thinking about um fertility and like when a woman wants to get a hysterectomy or get her tubes tied or what have you there's a whole rigmarole about well what if you change your mind what if you want a kid what if you want to do this whereas like you know none of those conversations happen for dudes (laughs) ever like oh what if you want to be a father like what all you know i mean it's like all of the like i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is like in this conversation there is a lot of distrust of the individual and like their decision making and i think yes the waters get extremely murky when there's some brain activity issues like such as alzheimer's or other things of that nature but like martha is not in the situation where like yes she's old and she's got a bunch of failing things we never name any specific disease or diseases or anything like where she's going but like when you're talking about terminal illness like there are plenty of people today still living where their prognosis is absolutely solid 100% terminal it will only get worse right so it's like that though that gives you a lot to think about (laughs) it's like to your point I think we've been been very um it's I I think many people I won't say most many people do accept that there is nuance to that and it is worth listening to the individual, particularly in, as you say, which always comes up in this show and others is that our, our end of life care in the United States, or just our care in general for the physical health of your body is, is fucked up and it's not good. And there's not, you know, especially so pair that with, you have a terrible prognosis and you're just like, okay, like, what am I doing? You know?
0: Right. And the social, the social safety net that we also don't have so then you think about like martha who is like right she's spending all her money and like she's living like you know she's literally living a social side tomorrow but like that is another piece of it like that that is is present here is like even if you're in perfect health but you're 95 and you have no family like what is going to happen to you eventually financially you're going to run out of money and then what like you know so I I think that um it's kind of like two separate conversations because there's like the fair very fair critique of like the U.S.'s um approach to elder like care of elders and healthcare and hospice and end-of-life care and all that but then there's also this other piece of this issue that's like when like how much autonomy do people have over their own bodies which obviously Correct. we have some problems deciding here um and like
1: <laughs> you know at what well, point only if you a, think like, of women as people
0: <laughs> right sorry I didn't mean that um <laughs> um <laughs> but like you know like at what point is like you were saying like the cognitive piece does that come in and like I think yeah. that this episode it, it doesn't like It doesn't bother me, uh, I I don't mean this in a way that um, is negative, but it definitely operates with a a little bit of an agenda that I feel is a little simple, which is, like, Martha's gonna, Sophia's gonna be there for Martha's life, and she's gonna live, and it's, like, great, and she came to this decision because, like, she really thought about, that, like, what it would be like if she didn't want to, and obviously, you know, if you have not if, like, like, the inkling of maybe wanting to still be around is key, and also, like, um, you know, like you got to get help. You got to get mental health services, even if you're in this position. Like you have to address these issues if they're if they're willing to be addressed. But I guess like it's a little simplistic, I, I think, in the delivery yeah. of like Martha now feels better because Sophia gave her this speech, which is a moving speech, and now Martha wants to live her life while continually, you know, uh, facing all of these other challenges. Um, right, and obviously, right, it's a sitcom. Right. Like I'm not gonna criticize they have 22 minutes like they they need to, to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make a point um but i you i think that also speaks to that speaks to us to this on like you really you can't hit it all and like you have to decide a direction to go in and i think they they overall i think they do a good job yeah
1: I, it's interesting to think about the parallels a, a lot less grave obviously but with marvin and sarah right oh we we'll yeah. see um about just like the decisions that people make when they are terminal and and like you know when they're facing these these challenges end of life and i i think i agree with you and like if you if you do get a little bit deeper into martha it's almost as if the character has done a disservice because she seems very flighty and that she hasn't thought this through right like the one speech pulls her back when she's literally had the pills to kill herself you know you're like okay okay like that that does a bit of a disservice for people who probably are really feeling this and like wanting to prepare and have done the thinking and like prepared things other than bought a diamond ring to give to their friend you know um right. or a harvey wallbanger and um a very fancy mignon dinner mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it's it's to your point they did the best that they could and i i think um it's amazing because again you know we don't see this stuff on tv and we definitely don't see this stuff balanced with such humor <laughs> no and, and i think even it opens it's... with rose diapering a turkey for god's sake diaper yeah <laughs> exactly diaper. Um,
0: <laughs> i think even to uh acknowledge the existence of um, suicide is a way that people die is, is, yeah. is big. And I also, I do want to just, you know, like say, like, there's a lot of really bad stuff happening. I think there's a huge, huge, huge mental crisis and just really encourage anybody who's feeling alone or anything to, to seek help because there is really good resources. And I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about like death with dignity or su- suicide, it can kind of like bump up against um, just like suicidal, thoughts in general, you know, and people who are having them and, yeah. and that's totally different. And, and, you know, like there are a lot of really good resources and don't, you know, even if you want to DM us, you can always DM us. We can always talk, but there's a lot of resources and, um, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to, to get help. No, it's that's
1: a great, that's a great bonus. So I mean, crisis text line being one of them, you can just text home to seven four one seven four one. There are people there all the time. They'll just chat with you. I mean, for anything, <laughs> which is pretty yeah. amazing. So um that's a really great point i think you know it's it's um it's this shit is heavy and this is why i would avoid this episode you just um, had a
0: youtube the mr sandman on your own time <laughs> i know
1: right exactly nah it's all right it's gonna be in a clip show later um but <laughs> <laughs> But part of avoiding this episode is forgetting how freaking dorky the couple that the uh, the girls are babysitting for are. <laughs> the guy's like, honey, can we go now? I was like, that, that might be one of the worst deliveries of lines in this entire show.
0: <laughs> it is funny when they ask if like they remembered the birth control, basically. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> exactly.
1: He's like, well, when we fuck in this tent, we can't make another baby. Not like that other dad who left Emily behind when his wife had twins. Uh, or, you know, i'm sorry triplets gimlets whatever Um, he did call though (laughs) Where you're like how many wives do you have though like that's like physically impossible (laughs) i know he's on it though (laughs) speaking of speaking of i do love and speaking as a parent who has had a baby and I'm, i'm about to have another one um the it's funny to me like looking at this like quote unquote infant and you're like all right how old is this kid supposed to be and like later on they show the kid and he's like definitely like seven months old at least right like yeah like and then he's like all buried and the reason i bring that up is because you know later on he gets a temperature of 103.2 which like if you know anything about babies that's like very dangerous i <laughs> literally have in reports. my notes i
0: have 103.2 is a very high fever with several question marks like i think you should go to Correct. hospital
1: <laughs> i mean for real, like, or, or at the very least, take off the goddamn blanket, okay? like Yeah, my God, that kid is frying. One hundred three point two is not great for even a seven-month-old, much less a newborn. Which, oh, oh, you know, like I said, I thought that um, he was. So anyway, yes, yeah. just, I just, you know, PSA: if you're watching a baby, you know, babe just be careful.
0: Yeah, just call your neighbors. You put on your negligee. Yeah. No
1: big deal. Yeah, exactly. The dangly things my mother had one anyway,
0: just like it anyway so, um speaking um, of emptiness is really happening you can you know like the ha- harry's oh, coming yeah. in we gotta call out matt browning again um the champion of emptiness um absolutely but it's great i think in this episode uh which i i feel like generally like the tie-ins make sense like he's worked into the plot if you had oh, a yeah. neighbor that you were friends with who was a doctor who happens to be the baby's doctor you would definitely call him so it it's it's not like as far-fetched as some of the other times they have a guest star
1: yeah exactly exactly and you know we it's been a decent interval from sick and tired where you know like we're not he's not popping up every single episode right now you know it's like it works out really well
0: right Um, i do have in my notes like does he maybe want to look in the kid's ear because he's like he's got an ear infection like you have a bag there take a little peek
1: also like you could have told him that over the phone and just been like yeah
0: you. also oh, four get drops where
1: i got a I did lot of have kind of nothing. a visceral reaction to those old thermometers though like the proper thermometers where like yeah you know mercury inside and everything of like just like have to sit there for like multiple minutes like choking on it under your tongue um it's it's so oh thank god we have digital things now kids today we'll <laughs> <sweet>. never know <laughs> Oh boy. But yeah. So, um, let's skip ahead. I want, I want to go to, uh, you know, when we have, I mean, you know, we have the gag of like, it's wearing yellow. Is it Frank or Francine? And then it Oh my God. Me, uh, oh boy.
0: Um, but the I thing I want to say about the P thing is, um, <laughs> I was like,
1: let's go to the bar. And you're like, no, no, no. We're going to talk about the, the I got to talk pee. about
0: this. It's very like <laughs> prop comic-y almost. It feels yeah, very yeah. out of, character for the show it's like it's like uh what am i watching gallagher here i don't i don't need it
1: <laughs> i i know it's funny actually remember last episode i think we, we were talking about the cabbage skywriting and you were like i actually like that fart joke of like potty humor yeah but it's like this one doesn't do anything for me mostly because it's playing off of gender roles like oh which one is it you're like who cares it's a baby you take care of it the same way <laughs> like Jesus. i mean you're like... gonna
0: find out eventually yeah like...
1: i mean you gotta have to change the diaper the best time change diapers when it's dry i was like oh my god guys <laughs> put on the dolphins
0: and see if it watches. I think that is. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Like what you know, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> all right. So let's go to the bar. I love the, as you alluded to in the intro, like the what man his right man would leave you to languish on the vine and try not to fall in love. And like, it's funny because like. It's just, it's that old school mentality of like flirting with like a patron, which like to me is super gross, like, especially if it happens to like a younger woman, but like for some reason that scene plays really charming to me <laughs> of like them just like bantering back and forth. And when she's like, hey, Jacques, it just puts her hands straight up. <laughs> like, oh my God, like, I know
0: she gets like picked up.
1: It's so I cute. know, and the physical comedy of her trying to get on the barstool is hilarious. And like everything about sort of the maitre d' guy, especially when he like picks her up under the barstool and walks away, he has this like perfect kind of smirk on his face, which is like- <laughs> basically kind of like a I just made that old lady's day kind of thing you know and like it's not to me it doesn't read in a gross way although on paper it could so I just think that both actors play it very well
0: yeah I agree it's not pervy it's like it's kind of like yeah he kind of finds it endearing I feel
1: yeah yeah I mean I think it's really illustrated by the "try not to fall in love like very sassy yeah. and like sarcastic <laughs> but like it's it's just really fucking funny so um, anyway, I, you know, alluded to the Harvey Wallbanger, the sign off of last episode as well. It is vodka, galliano and orange juice, which to me just really does oh not sound great. Uh, maybe it's because I had too many screwdrivers in college, but like, man, Martha, you got You got, there's way better drink orders.
0: <laughs> Even on. a screwdriver. I feel like is just like a recipe for heartburn. Once you turn 30, forget it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> too much acid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Sophia's worried about the meal they're about to eat, and God, I'm worried about the drink. So I think her her ordering the Manhattan, to your point is like much, much classier.
0: It's She's cool, there. and it's a, I like a Manhattan. I just I do feel like they're very, very strong. um yeah. And when you go from like sneaking a few sips of sherry to Manhattan, that's a big pivot.
1: Well, you know, I don't I don't know. Sherry's pretty powerful, actually. What's what she? Drinking, I guess what is she drinking at Disney World? couple episodes back when uh Dorothy of all the gin joints in the world i think she's like a whiskey gal you know I think, all you know, right all she right Make it. i think she can hang i respect <laughs> it okay <laughs> but um but yeah i i just think it's it's hilarious and i i do love that we're seeing um we're just like you know I, just seeing her at a bar i think i mentioned this when they went to disney world it was like that was kind of fun right and just like as a person who loves cocktails like it is just really hilarious um to have that as a scene you know and bar stools included
0: yeah i agree i, li- I like it too um and it, it is like yeah like you just put two old ladies at a bar and it's like funny <laughs> it's, oh, there's yeah. nothing it's so a great. cocktail bar especially
1: absolutely i i do um <laughs> i did get kind of a chuckle out of like when martha delivers the line she goes i've just had an idea that will change my life where you're just like do you mean a- end your life like yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's gonna change your print hard <laughs> yeah it's a little over again over simplistic I would say <laughs> yeah exactly I do still remember though when she says I want you to be there when I kill myself um and that hard cut they cut right back to to the baby you know Frankie and all you know trying to figure everything out it's like it just hangs there and it's it's odd because that's not how scenes cut in this show right so it like, yeah it, it gives it's good, good directing, you know, of course, um, because it gives this mega weight to that line. And I still remember, I think that's the line that when I was younger, would probably scared the shit out of me. Like that cut, because it was like, oh, this feels like a totally different show. Like this presentation is really hammering home what she just fucking said you know and it's still face and like the situation where she's having a ball and she's fighting with the maitre d and she's having a manhattan they're having all this great food and then they're like what the fuck you know like yeah it's, it is what i got here for <laughs> record scratch yeah and i i just wanted to acknowledge that like i don't know i think when i was when i was younger i didn't pay i you know i paid way more attention of course to like dialogue characters words and things like that and not as much of like scenes and directing and you know blocking <laughs> all of that kind of stuff and editing but like it, that's it's very stark and i it must have read very oddly to regular watchers of this show and like it really sets up like this is a big deal we're actually we're doing it we're fucking talking about this
0: yeah and i think also when dorothy talks to sophia about it and she's like i am worried about you when like the life drains out of martha and that's like you know obviously martha is like the 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 subject and Sophia is the object here, like, right, like, that's, like, of the Correct. story, but, but as uh, loyal audience members, like, we have a relationship with Sophia, and so, like, I do think that delivery of that line, and so, like, Estelle so Gatti's face, as you were saying, like, makes you initially think about Sophia, and, like, what a, first of all, what a horrible decision to have to make for her, and, like, like you know, her, um, her kind of Uh, antagonizing over it like there's not a good answer because if she says no and Martha doesn't she has to be alone like that's not good and if she says yes then she's one endorsing this decision and Mm -hmm. two like yeah what do you do what do you do there like in the physical space when somebody does this and like who do you call what you know obviously these are things that like you can plan, but the emotional weight of oh yeah witnessing that I think is um is is honestly like too much for anybody and a lot to ask um I, I mean a lot to have your mother contemplating right like then I think yeah. about like Dorothy's perspective and I'm like yeah of course you would be like no you can't even though you care about Martha and you yeah. you don't want her to be alone but like what how are you gonna feel you know it's just it is just so heavy and there's so much like big um certainly negative but also like complex emotions that even when they the the show hits on like controversial or like social topics I don't I don't always feel like it's surrounded by this kind of like galaxy of complex emotions
1: um as it is here. Galaxy, yeah well well said. (laughs) I do remember I'm trying to recall other tv shows i know that there was an episode of scrubs where way back where like there was a terminal patient of uh sarah chalks and she basically was like i'm gonna kill myself at home you know like it's not (laughs) it's not gonna be i'm telling you my doctor in the hospital this um and everyone is like you have to like everyone's telling the doctor sarah chalk like you have to like tell her nurse, you know, her at home nurse and like, let her know and give her a heads up. And like, you know, because basically like, they're like, this is going to be on your conscience. <laughs> and then yeah. it's like, they don't really deal with it again. I think Sarah Chalk makes the decision to not say anything. And like, she just sort of like waves at her in the car and says goodbye. <laughs> and Like, that's it. You know, it's like still incredibly heavy because she knows what's going to happen. And she chose to not provide information to like the person who will be discovering the body, etc. cetera. But to your point of the galaxy around this is like, that's Dorothy's plan. Like you are going to be in the room from the beginning to the end. This is not you walking in on Martha the next day, which is dramatic enough. You're going to be there. You're going to fucking hold her hand. That's what she's asking. That's a lot. You know, I mean, that's, that's like that writing and that kind of complication is incredible. And I actually am surprised that it does get to the point where like Dorothy's pacing at home and like, think Sophia's doing it you know like yeah that's that's wild you know like it's like that's really um obviously needed for the narrative but like it's just kind of wild that that actually does happen as opposed to like Dorothy chasing her down and stopping it from happening as she does with other you know Sophia antics because she's worried about her mother right again to your point like regardless of how she feels about Martha's personal decision Right, yeah. that uh, making it about Sophia by bringing her into it.
0: Exactly, and also like, so thinking of other TV shows, um, in Grace and Frankie, there's who I, which I actually think oh, there's okay, a, yeah. a ton of plot overlap here, which makes sense oh, yeah. to show about. Also, Grace and Frankie is so good. Oh my God, it's like, unbelievable to have older women on TV. Hacks, so good. Older women on TV, yeah. more of them, please. Um, but anyway, in Grace and Frankie, there's a, their friend Babe, um, has a terminal illness and decides that she's gonna end her life and she basically has a party and it's way lighter in general I would say like for this episode um kind of airs yeah on the or is a little more heavy with some lightness the Grace and Frankie episode is is more light with some heaviness and I think like the presentation of the two shows is obviously different um but I I think like also that just speaks to how some things like are kind of, you know, they, they don't change, like people get older. And that means that you have to deal with certain things about your body changing and your health changing. And like, that's, you know, like you can, you can deal with a lot of things and you can prevent a lot of things, but death you cannot prevent. And so like, yep. you know, the approach to it is is really interesting to see the evolution there. Um, but yeah, yeah. like you're, you're totally right about it. it it's It's pretty um i guess almost out of character for dorothy to just be letting sophia be there you know because like you said she intervenes in a lot of things but maybe that's it's just like too big and she has to um let sophia deal with it but it's it's pretty shocking
1: maybe she doesn't trust rose and blanche with frank
0: please shut up for aunt blanche <laughs> oh that. my
1: god also like every parent has said that to an infant that's so great just like shut up
0: uh, i <laughs> said that when i was babysitting complete
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's mean. every parent every person who's had to deal with it it's hilarious please um, oh my god I, <laughs> that was such a good um <laughs> that was such a good delivery do that again <laughs> That's a one-time only. (laughs) Can you do it again? All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, But also, so, you know, I I still want to talk about, obviously, a plot here. There is a great um, article that's actually linked on our best of the Golden Girls on the web links on um, enoughwicker.com, which is called We're Not in This Life for Peace, How an Episode of the Golden Girls Encouraged Me to Hold On When I Needed It Most um, by uh, Ghazal Amiri. And it's a really, it's just a really well written article that I encourage you to read. We can share it on our Twitter after uh, when this when this episode airs. But um, I think it's it's amazing of like you know we you know just talking about thinking about Sophia's speech to her right. And again, we've we've been through how it's like oh, all right, that's a very quick convincing of like turning a big a big one eighty, you know, of like what Martha's decision making has been. But um, that line like we're not in this life for peace. It's just really, it's really powerful because I think you can just interpret it like in so many different ways. And again, like let's, I'm not even thinking about this in the the death with dignity, like broader sense. I'm thinking of it only in isolation for Martha specifically. And I think that Sophia's right. (laughs) That like, she's not ready and she's afraid. And it's like, It's kind of like this weird, like, tough love kind of, like, speech, but it, like, it does have this ring of truth to it in terms of, like, acknowledging reality and that, like, for Martha, like, things really suck and they'll probably really suck in a lot of ways in the future. But, like, the way that she's approaching her particular situation is just out of pure fear, um, which is never a really good decision-making mechanism, right? Like that's what Sophia's trying to make it come across. Um, And anyway, I just think it's really interesting because like, again, tying into like coming from that speech and then she goes home and has her little dorky moment with Frank. Um, I remember reading an article uh, when I freshly became a parent being like, someone's like, what does this even mean? You know, like when you're like, <laughs> contemplating how your life has changed. And somebody was like, somebody said like, being a parent is basically having hope for someone else. Um, which I thought was like really interesting, like, just the way, you know, I mean, you obviously can have hope for someone else not being a parent, but it's like this extension of like it's not that you forget about you, but you also are then invested in your child's life in a different kind of way that you never really thought about before. And I think that the parallels between like her having like hope for Frank or just hope for newness and youth and things like that is, is the same of like having hope that Martha can still find joy in life as fucked up and difficult and, and cumbersome as life actually is. So anyway, I just, I I really, I just think it's very well done. I think, you know, Stelgetty obviously reads with a lot of emotion and she, I think she nails it for like what Martha as an individual needs right there. Yeah,
0: totally. And I think to your point, like hope and fear are both hypotheticals. And so like, if you can, if you're basing this big of a decision on one, you should consider the other. And I think like that's Sophia's point. And that's like where it comes full circle when she gets to Frank. And like, it's, um, yeah, I I agree. I think it's just such a really um, so delicate and such a a tender approach to something that is really, really, really tough to address at all in a sitcom. Um, But it's, you know, I I think this really stands up. Uh, Even with all of the, the, like the things I said about uh you know my general feelings on it um i think it's it's just a really they they handle it really well and i think like the decision to even approach it at all is a big one um and to be able to do it so like with such sensitivity um it's just it's such good writing and that line is such good writing that you talk like Mm -hmm. the um it's just you know it's a
1: good show (laughs) exactly um all right, let's talk about some funny, but from some funny bits that we haven't talked about yet.
0: Saint <laughs> Olaf's just, angel of death. <laughs> yeah, <is> crazy,
1: <laughs> nuts. You become a rose story. Um, <laughs> the I love the like. My eyes are tired. My your eyes are old. Um, because that is like such an amazing excuse that people always. Oh yeah, just a little tired. You're like, no, no, no. That's not what it is. <laughs> you're you're getting old. <laughs> i also love um i want someone to put me out of my misery like if i lose my looks you know yeah, <laughs> fatal says, illness tell us when bland yeah <laughs> So <funny. laughs> Tell us when. It's so which good. like is, is super gallows humor for like the conversation they're having right but it's like <laughs> it's, i can't i can't not laugh it's just the driest only be arthur can do it delivery and it's amazing
0: um, I recently, um, maybe a couple months ago, I, I went to my parents and I was like, they were moving. So I was cleaning out some stuff. And I found this, um, Golden Girls CD that I had in my car when I was, uh, an aforementioned weird teenager and um it was like golden girls audio clips that like I really loved and of course Mr. Sandman was on it but it was from like love it Lime Wire or something you know <laughs> so it had like so much of the beginning and ends like the last two parts of the scene um yeah. but it's just so it I, I feel like um the Mr. Sandman bit is so um just like iconic yeah very iconic I feel like used in like almost like an I love the 80s type of show you know like it's <laughs> yeah. it's like it's so good it's so funny too like I think like that scene by itself adds so much levity to this episode that like you could just have that and like the baby like the babysitting story would be worth it just to have that yes scene, which I exactly. I would argue is maybe which the is. reason for it <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: totally oh my god and I just even boy you guys really stink
0: <laughs> yeah Sophia
1: walking out it's like anytime
0: she walks into something that's happening that's like a performance you know it's just like a dead oh, so band look. <laughs>
1: it's so great but it's like they just do such a cute job of getting together and then they get really into it with the dance moves and like it's it's so lovely it's a lot of fun it's cute um, it's and it's yeah. like you know
0: they're sleepy and delirious and like it's like a sleepover
1: exactly exactly with their nightgowns oh my god it's the best (laughs) um also martha wants to kill herself she lives in that high rise in miami seems like a pretty sweet spot
0: i know that so you got money girl (laughs) i
1: know unless it's like some sort of like you know um old people home i don't know but i was like i was like it's pretty it's a pretty good blocking shot i was very uh impressed and i also love (laughs) That Sophia talks about the ring she gives her, and she goes, It reminds me of a doorknob I had back in Brooklyn, which, like, I feel is like a reference you could only get if you've seen these particular types of doorknobs that they yeah, have. Yeah, they're
0: really cool. I love them at antique stores. You know, like, the, I know exactly what are talking about. <laughs>
1: Like literally anybody like in this like New York area had that as like a perp. you know, like you can see it. I can see the flashbacks when Estelle Getty is playing the younger version of herself and Dorothy's playing her mother, you know, with Liddy Green, like that all of the doors <laughs> in that, are the, that, you know, in that <laughs> apartment have those doorknobs. So great. So great. Um, also, I wanted to call attention to her talking about the ring. And she said, I bought it today on time which is an expression I have never heard. And it just no. basically means like you promised to pay for it later. So like, like on a, a credit, credit card. card.
0: Okay. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, no, I haven't, but it does make sense. I feel like it's like an yeah. old person way to say totally, that. Totally,
1: totally. Which is so funny. like. <laughs> but I, I actually had to look it up i was like oh fascinating like really interesting wow she's um, trying to
0: like um she's trying to commit a little fraud i see
1: <laughs> I, I gonna mean, pay that credit card bill Martha. i know are you sticking it with sophia again jesus christ <laughs> the woman's done enough <laughs> oh, oh terrible God. anyway it, yeah it's ridiculous so but yeah i think you know all in all, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that from my younger high school self, I've moved on and can uh, face some more heavy topics <laughs> and have evolved. Um, I'm really happy that, you know, we got a chance to really delve into this episode and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, we're, we're just, we're super tight writing. We're like, we're tackling big topics as we have in the past, but even just with more thought, I think, And and we're going to continue on that as we march through season five. Yep. Really great. Cool. Is that all you got? Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, join us next time when we're going to discuss smelling your fingers all day after you eat chicken. A big swerve. <laughs> yeah. Take care, everybody.